Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. We're going to begin reading somewhere around verse number 10 today. Amen. The Bible says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Being a little repetitive here, he is. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate, of righteousness he tells us in verse 11 put on the armor so you can stand he tells us in verse 13 take the armor so you'll be able to withstand and that you can stand and then he said verse 14 stand for a little bit today I'll be mindful of what's taking place here I want to minister just this just keep standing just keep standing Can we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Jesus, I come to you today. Lord, we are thankful, Lord, for your spirit. We're thankful, Lord, for your people. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, for those who have gathered together this morning. Pray, oh, Lord, be, Lord, a clarion cry, Lord Jesus, today in this place. Anoint my mind and mark any error drop from my lips and from my mouth. We need the spirit of the Lord to come here this morning and let... The precious spirit of God make itself known in this place today. God, I cannot do anything in or of myself, but God, your spirit is able to move and it's able, Lord, to draw and move upon the hearts of every individual. Bring encouragement, Lord Jesus, and instruction by your word. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Shake a hand with someone next to you before you're seated. If you don't know them, introduce yourself. Amen this morning. Hallelujah. Just keep, just keep standing. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the church at Ephesus here, the Ephesian church, is already through his letter in the book of Ephesians have addressed many things many things he has addressed into the church he has spoken to them about Christ being their peace he has talked to them about the unsearchable riches of the Lord he had talked to them about the Lord being their cornerstone about having a spirit of unity among them he has talked to them about the grace of God the gifts of God how to walk in the love of the Lord and how to walk not as fools and 
He's coming to the close of his letter, speaking to the church at Ephesus with some final words of instruction, final words of admonition. And among them are that they should put on the whole armor of God. It is the church of Ephesus or the Ephesian church, this place, the city of Ephesus, if you will, that Paul had stayed longer there than he had any other city. He resided there longer than any other, and some of the greatest victories of grace, if you were to call them, were, were awarded there or won there. He had fought, he told with Timothy at one time, with the beast of Ephesus there, and the Christians that resided there had many struggles, many battles, many things that they were up against. It was at Ephesus where two people by the name of Aquila and Priscilla along with Apollos ministered there at Ephesus. There wasn't just Paul alone, but he had others under his care that helped minister there. It was at Ephesus that John's disciples were introduced to the Holy Ghost. They were also baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. It's here that there are some special miracles throughout uh, the Ephesus church that had taken place and happened. It was here that handkerchiefs were sent out, the Bible says, from Paul. And as a result of that, there were healings that took place in people's bodies. Even some unclean spirits, demons, if you will, were cast out. Uh, it is here at Ephesus, the church at Ephesus, that uh, books and material that uh, were about witchcraft and other things along this line were burned and, and the value of them were great and uh, the word of God grew so mightily at the church at Ephesus and here Paul spent three years of his life and Timothy as well came in behind him uh, also admonishing the people and so the Ephesian church was a prominent church as a matter of fact, from the seven churches in the book of Revelation that are spoken of, Ephesus is among them. And it is so important because from Ephesus, all the others were just seemingly daughter works at the church at Ephesus. So Ephesus was very, very important. It was a great time for a church to be born in this area. Uh, there were miracles that were happening there, powerful preaching taking place there. The word of God was spreading there. Uh, the people were turning from their idols, turning from the occult, turning from the magic and the evil practices that they had been a part of. They started burning their material and their magic books and, and uh, their idols of silver and gold, destroying them and great riots taking place in the city. But there was a church that was being established there that was going on for the purpose of the Lord. But Paul, in addressing this great church, in addressing this body of believers that had turned from darkness toward the light, that had turned from witchcraft and magic and idols toward the one true God and seemingly had done so well in doing so, people receiving the Holy Ghost, God's word entering into the city and just pervading all throughout the land as he turns the corner in writing this letter to the Ephesian church. He's telling them as a last admonition to them that they must take the armor of God and they must put on the armor of God. And the reason for doing this, his admonition of taking and putting on the armor of God was not so that they might fight. He did not say take the armor of God that you might be able to fight. He did not say put on the armor of God so that you might fight. 
He did not tell them to take this or put it on so that they might be able to walk with the Lord or that they might be able to run with the Lord or that they might be able to live for the Lord. But Paul told the church that they needed to take and put on the armor of God for the most part so that they might be able to stand. Because I declare to this body of believers today that whenever you come to know the Lord and make any headway for God, it's not really that we're faced with battles that we necessarily have to fight. But our greatest, greatest thing that we are called to in this apostolic faith is not our fighting, but our ability to stand. Our ability to be resolute. Our ability, if you will, to be like a flint stone and have our face turned a direction and not waver from it and not to grow idle in it and not to draw back. He's looking for people in this hour. He's not impressed in how great we can wield our sword or how good we are with our spear but he wants to know if years from now there will still be a body of believers that's going to be able to say hey I stood I withstood and I'm just keeping on standing there is just something about digging your feet in the ground and having some grit to be able to stand (laughs) Paul knew the tendencies of this church having spent time with them. He knew the tendencies of these people. He knew where they had came from. He knew their background. And he knew if if I'm gonna leave some lasting words in their mind, they're probably gonna remember what I mentioned last. If there's one thing I need them to remember is, hey guys, you've come a long way and you've done some great things. You've turned away from a lot of things. He said, but the, the, the true proof if you will in the pudding is if you're capable capable of keeping that position and keeping that stance thank you for burning the books thank you for turning from your idols of gold and silver I appreciate that but honey I appreciate it a whole lot more if 10 years from now there's still no more idols of wood no more idols of gold and there's no more books of the occult if you're capable just to keep standing Amen. And so he could go through as he did and he listed each piece of the armor and we could go through likewise this morning and we could list each piece of the armor and we could begin to underscore its importance and importance of having it on but among each importance of each piece of armor there is no greater purpose overall than having it all on that's enabling a person just to stand. Because I would dare to say this morning through my eye and observation over years of being a Christian, over years of being the church, that people do not find their greatest fault in their fighting capability, but in their standing capability. Amen. Nah, because I've seen people as the Ephesian church arise in a moment, do great exploits, if you will, for God. Do their fight, if you will. Have some notable victories, if you will. But what was the clincher? What was the drawback? What was the fallibility of their life is that they didn't know how to stand. Amen. 
It's years later, some 40 years later, ladies and gentlemen, some 40 years later, that there is a, there is a letter being addressed to the pastor of the church in Ephesians and Revelation chapter 2. And whenever he speaks about what he has against the church at Ephesus, in Revelation chapter number 2, Sister McGee, and verse number 4, this is what the word was. He says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Thou hast left thy first love. Leaving the first love doesn't have anything to say about your fighting. Leaving your first love doesn't have anything to say about your walking. Leaving your first love has everything to say about your standing. Note again that the word was left and not lost. They didn't lose their first love. They left their first love. They, they didn't somehow accidentally misplace their first love. But they intentionally walked away from or departed from their first. They gave up. They abandoned their first love. I believe it's important that there is a distinction today between leaving something and losing something because something can be lost by accident. Amen. But leaving is a deliberate act. Leaving is a conscious choice of the will. Hallelujah. When we lose something, we usually don't know where it's at. But whenever you left something, you know exactly where you left it at. Someone say amen. He was talking to the Ephesian church. Could you just hear if somehow the memory could come back to all those Ephesians now 40 years later? What were the last words of Paul? What were the last things that he wrote in that letter to us? Hey, take the whole armor that you can stand. But now rather than standing, you're digressing. You're leaving. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are ever going to be fought in your relationship with God, it will be in your ability to stand. Yes. You don't even have to gain any more ground. But can you keep the ground that you gained? Can you stand? He told him to stand. The reason being, it's, it's almost like it's almost like digging in, Brother DePriest. It's the Roman soldiers, they were known that the sandals that they wore to battle was a little different from their everyday sandal that they wore. Their sandals that they wore in battle were a lot of times like, I mean, if we could make a comparison, almost like some baseball or golf cleats, you know. They had literally little, little spikes on the bottom of the sandals. And that was for the purpose that they might be able to stand. I'm not talking about a casual stance. I'm not talking about just occupying space. But whenever they stood there, there were some spikes that were driven in the ground. Whenever war was about ready to take place, if they even were not holding a weapon, at least they could dig their feet in the ground and say, I'm staying right here. I'm not going to be moved. I think in the spirit sometimes we need to get on our sandals that have the little spikes, if you will, in them and stand some ground. Not a casual stance, but somewhere we need to 
dig in and get them into the soil of this thing that we call God's word and to the soil of this thing that we call a work and a life of Christ for the Lord and we need to just learn how to stand hallelujah somebody say hallelujah there was the old story the tribal chief he told the elephant stand still giant beast halted as the battle raged on the plains of India even when his master fell to the enemy's weapons the elephant stood above the throng bearing the standard of the tribe all day this loyal animal stood his ground waving the ensign encouraging the tribal men to keep up the fight the fighting finally seized but the elephant could not be moved the dust from the fight had already settled on the ground but the elephant is still in his place for three days he stood right where his deceased commander had told him to stay and finally a tribal chief thought he would bring the chief's son and the chief's son came and persuaded the animal finally to follow him home triumphantly carrying the tribe's standard. That elephant was told to stand and he said, hey, whatever's going on, I'm standing here. And whenever this is over right now, I'm still gonna be standing here. And it's gonna take a whole lot of persuasion until I hear the voice of somebody else that's commander in chief in my life to say do any differently. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to have that type of tenacity in the spirit that whenever we were called of God into this life, whenever he said stand, we need to stand. And whenever the war is happening, we need to stand. But you know what I like better than anything is whenever the war isn't happening, there's still people. Oh, your standability in war, your ability to stand in time of battle is determined on how you stand in a time of peace, how you stand when nothing's happening, how you stand when it could be time of leisure and casual. What are you doing when there's not a battle? If you can stand when nothing's going on, you'll be able to stand when the greatest forces of hell are coming against you. You need to just stand. just gotta stand we give we give maybe the reason why our thinking goes different directions because it seems like through scripture and even in modern day he would sing that we give rewards or a lot of our a lot of our attention is focused upon the movement if you will the movement that's involved of a christian life we 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 give accolades and praise to people that could just walk with god I preached the sermon, so of many others, and we, we have somehow zeroed in on the fact of the precious man by the name of Enoch, who in a time of total society upheaval and people separating and departing from the faith, that he was a man that had a walk with God. I preached about that. Oh, how we just need to walk with the Lord. And we preached about others as, as the apostles saying to fight the good fight of faith. And we preached to people about how, how, how important, how integral a part it is that you could be 
a fighter and fight the good fight of faith. And we talk about the runners that, you know, you're going to run and you're going to run to the end, but we need not miss the point of it's the endurance of the run, of them running and keeping on running. So, so a lot of times we award the fighting, we award the running, and we award the walking. But I say today that something that carries just as much weight as all those things is your ability to stand. Because whenever we understand the word stand, the apostle used it several times in Ephesians 6. He was kind of overly repetitive about this idea of standing. (laughs) In one essence, the word stand means literally to stand or set against, if you will, to resist. To resist. Exist, to defend oneself against the attack of the enemy. Because much of us need not to fight. We just need to defend. We need to stand. Because we've already been given a heritage. The Lord already triumphed over him. Making a show of him openly, the scripture says. Had led the captivity captive before the people A fight has already been won. A battle has already been won. I just need to somehow stand and resist so I can keep what's been given, ladies and gentlemen, unto me. He spoke to them how the battle that we're engaged in is just not a natural battle, but it is a spiritual battle. And he said in verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness he said we are wrestling and the mindset and the concept of wrestling is that and this was very known to the Ephesians the time of uh, of the crusades and having the uh, the time where there'd be gladiators that come out and, and so on and so forth and many times they even had a circuit of people that went out and fought against each other and they would go to different places and fight and they would get awards and they would get prizes if you will they were the wrestlers of their day and usually in those type of circuits and modes uh, the wrestlers had a and they were to win a fight but never kill an opponent which meant that there was never going to be anybody die from this there was going to be a winner there was going to be a loser but we might go to another city and town and fight the same opponent again uh huh so they go many times these games from place to place and year to year amen and a match today might be over But that's not to say in another city, in another week or another month, we wouldn't come up against the same opponent. In other words, the contest never ended. The contest never ended. Hallelujah. And can I tell us today, the contest never ends. The fight as it stands right now is never really over for us right now today. There's always another fight. There's always another location. There might even be the same opponent that you fought before. God's not asking you to win the contest. He's just asking you to stand. He's just asking you, oh yes. (laughs) 
He says, I'm not asking you to kill your opponent because I know Paul McGee in and of myself cannot kill my adversary. I cannot kill the enemy. I cannot kill my devil. But he said, I'm requiring one thing of you, McGee. If you can just continue to stand. If you'll just continue to stand. He says, one of these days I'm going to come down and I'm going to tap you on the shoulder and say, it's my turn to get in the rink here. If you can just keep on standing. Hallelujah. That guy that's in the ring that's being bludgeoned to death, blood coming from his eyes. Amen. What's he doing whenever he goes over and hangs on those ropes? What is he doing? What's that boxer doing when he hangs over there? He's trying to buy some time where he can stay on his feet. He knows if I can just wait for the ringing of the bell. If I can just if I can just stay on my feet, if I just don't get knocked down, if, if I can get back up and if I can just stand, I'll let him hit me. I'll let him wear himself out. But if I can just wait for the ringing of the bell, we're gonna determine what this thing's all about. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to wait for the sounding of the trumpet and just keep on standing. Whatever you gotta do, whatever gumption you gotta get, whatever fortitude you need. Oh, yes! If you can't fight, just stand. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. I don't want to just stand against something. I'm going to stand for something. When we look Old Testament scripture, Old Testament story, and we begin to consider the deliverance of a nation by the hand of Moses that had been in bondage and captivity 430 years. When we begin to consider how great of a thing and a task this was, for God to send a man, Moses, to help bring deliverance to a people. How he pleaded with Pharaoh. How he spoke with Pharaoh. And Pharaoh would say, all right, I'm going to give you your leave into the wilderness. Only just almost in the same breath to change his mind and say, no, I'm not going to let God's people go. Constantly happened. Say, well, the final thing that brought the deliverance was, you know, the tenth plague, the killing of all the firstborn. That's where the line was drawn. Sister McGee, I believe the line was drawn all along the way. There's something my mind grabbed a hold of while I was looking at this this week, Brother Daniel. Because on several occasions, the Lord told Moses, he said, arise early. Arise early, go to the palace, and stand before Pharaoh. This boy had been reared in the house of Pharaoh, taught by their educators, knew the ins and outs of the governmental system, of Egypt 
understanding, but born a Hebrew. And standing there for the Hebrew people. Oh, God. 430 years of bondage. I believe today. Was it just broken because of 10 plagues that came upon Egypt? I believe 430 years of bondage were broken because God had a man that would go in the face of his adversary, not with a sword, not with a spear, not with a threatening army, but he would just go before the enemy and stand. I believe today we could have some of our victories. We, we've somehow underscored the importance of certain things more perhaps than what they should. And we look at ourselves and we're not as a good a fighter as such and such. Or we're not as good a prayer as such and such. Or we're, we're not as a good a worshiper as such and such. Honey, lay all that aside. What you need to do is just learn how to endure. Just learn how to stand. You're going to get some great deliverances. There's going to be some heavy chains of bondage that's going to fall if you just learn how to stand in the face of your adversary. Stand in the face of somebody hear me today I know they can fight they wouldn't come to a life of God if they couldn't but what do you do after you've won the battle you stand <laughs> you gotta keep standing the Ephesian church failed to keep standing because they didn't value the approval of the Lord as much as they did the acceptance of others. Uh-huh. So when you start a life with the Lord, there'll be the others that you used to yoke up with that's going to try to see whether or not you're going to stay. The voices of your past life uh-huh. are going to try, if I may use this word as I have this morning, your standability. The temptations are not going to automatically quit. The voices are not just going to silence. They're still going to be there. The old timers tell of days when western cattle ranches, when cowboys would tame wild horses. So they harnessed the captured animal beside a donkey and turned the mismatched pair go. The wild horse and the donkey loose in the desert. There goes the horse, honey, by his nature, snorting, kicking, vying for freedom. He would drag that donkey all over the place. That power of the horse. Dragging a donkey, smaller animal, just dragging it all over the place, whipping it around for quest of its freedom. Said that donkey and that horse would disappear for days until eventually they came back. There's that little donkey leading the way. Horse had greater strength, but the donkey had greater standability. Those wild inclinations, they're not going to leave. But you just got to yoke it up with somebody that's going to stand. 
These, <laughs> these old things are not just going to pass away just in a moment of time, but I got to just anchor it to something in my spirit that's going to have the ability to stand. And if it stays there and endures there and keeps there long enough and its feet get dug in the soil, those things are going to try to lead it away for its per se freedom and do its own thing. But if you stay with it, there'll come a day you can lead those things by the hand because you knew how to stay. That donkey, I don't believe that donkey fought necessarily and tried to pull on that horse. He just remained there. You know the old obstinate donkey. He don't have to do anything. Just stay. <laughs> we need some donkeys in the church. <laughs> just, just know how to stay. Just, just, just know how to stay. Amen. Certainly this morning. Anybody that left the church or fell out with God? The problem always comes with this. They stopped standing. They stopped standing. You gotta you gotta somehow you gotta somehow get in there. And you just you just need to find yourself a good pace to just stand at. I say it like this. Oh, Lord, help me today. You know, they say that whenever there's been people standing at attention, waiting, and so on and so forth, there's been some very hilarious things about people fainting and passing out. They stand there, got their legs and knees. We was talking about this, brother. Uh, uh, DePriest and I went to this, this past wedding here. We just had, and, uh, you know, people stand there with their legs just locked, and all of a sudden they're... It happened to me when I was a young boy. Young boy over at South Gibson, we had we're still yet uh, there, and I'll never forget it was a it was a Christmas cantata program. And they had three risers, three risers that was set up on the platform, and all us kids was doing our part, and it was great. I remember Brother Worth, it was me and Ryan Farrar, and we got out there and we said our piece, little Ryan and I, and we took our place back up there on the third loft over on the right side, and I guess I did what you shouldn't be doing, and I was standing there, and my knees were locked, and all of a sudden I started feeling a little funny. And I remember just, there was Paul McGee in, in the third loft, and all of a sudden he was not. <laughs> and I, I was already feeling it coming on. And I stepped down off that third loft, and I just got to the ground and went. <laughs> and there I was. And they say, they, they say what happens, your pool kind of, your blood just kind of pulls up in your legs, and it doesn't get pumped back to your, to your brain and, and your heart and provide what's needed in order to stay up. And they say, oh. They said the only way that you can truly stand for a long time is if you keep your knees a little bit. <laughs> mm, don't ever underestimate, and this is, I know, this is, I'm not trying to make a long stretch, but uh, don't underestimate the power of prayer in your life because the only way you're going to be able to stand for a long time is if you keep your knees a little bit. Can't stand for a long time without keeping some knees a little bit. Oh, glory, I got going. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says 
Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. Keep track of my time here. Ezekiel makes the plea. Look at this in his day. Right now, let me describe the episode here. And this, this is a time. It's very horrific right now. The walls of fortification, the walls of protection that were in place had a lot of breaches. They had been compromised. And with that being said, there needed to be some work done on the wall. Not only was there just work that needed to be done. Look what Ezekiel says. He says, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. A lot of times we, we've boiled this down to that. He's just looking for a man to make up the hedge and stand the gap. Uh, I believe that he was looking for men because there were several gaps. There were several breaches in the wall. Listen to me very clearly right now. He needed some men. Listen, he needed some men that could be repairing the breaches. Sister Nancy, while at other places where there were breaks in the walls, if that person didn't have the ability to repair the breach, he needed someone to at least stand in the breach. He knew some had the capability of repairing it. Although there might be 10 men that's repairing 10 different breaches, if there's an 11th breach and no one's at least there standing, that makes the city an open avenue for the overtake of the enemy. So he said, give me the repairs, but if you can't repair, at least give me somebody that can stand. He said, because if you can at least stand, he said, this is going to be profitable for this city. He said, because you removed the standards from the breach. We've opened ourselves up to some great woe. So there's a lot that underscores and there's a lot that's contingent upon a person's ability just to stand. You know what's sad? He said, I couldn't find any. I'm not asking you to get a hammer. I'm not asking you to mix mortar. Uh-uh. I'm not asking any of that. I'm just asking you to stand. If you'll stand with me this morning, I'll come to a close. You learn how to just resist. Dig in. You'll help your Christian walk. If before you learn how to fight, you'll learn how to stand. If we bow our heads all across this place today, begin to talk to the Lord. God, I'm standing here this morning. God, I know, Lord, that we will be assailed, God, by adversaries and enemies and opposition. will, Lord, come in to try to circumvent our relationship with you. 
And God, I know, Jesus, you want us just to have some grit today. Some grit today and, and just stand having done all to stand. I pray, oh Lord, today, God, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. People that can just, just stand. I pray, oh Lord, we have lost in the course of time of years, people, Lord, the different things because, Lord, they left their love. They quit standing there. They quit defending. They might not even been fighting, but they at least they could do was defend. And I pray, oh Lord, let there arise a, a spirit inside of your church and a spirit inside of your people that as time would go on from here to years down the road, that there's still someone there. They're still standing. I pray, oh God, today the thing that brought undoubtedly Jesus. God, us to where we are is because generations of people before us learned how to stand. Keep something stable. Cause it to endure. Lord, that's my prayer today that we could do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know... The thing that the thing that the thing that was prizeworthy for the whole scenario of the prodigal son that left his father's house, the thing that was prizeworthy for that prodigal son was that he returned back to a house that had been unchanged. He returned back to a place that when he left it was still there when he got back. And the love he had experienced there was the same love. Dad never looked for him, per se, chased after him. Should I say never pursued after him? But you know what dad did? He says, I'm going to stand. I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be right here. That's what we need today. We need people that's going to just be right here this morning. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.